Tell your neighbor, neighbor. Neighbor. Don't bother me. Don't bother me. I'm listening. Amen. Listen, you're going to hear a wonderful word today. And I want you to respond accordingly. Amen. So listen, let's, let's just practice. Amen. Listen, the, the, the better you amen, uh, the shorter he'll preach. No, he's not. He's, he's going to preach as long as he wants to. Amen. He has the, the pulpit. And I, I was waiting on a, I was waiting on a, I was killing time for a wipey. But I might just have to give you a germy microphone. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's no germs on. The Holy Ghost just kills it all. Amen. So, uh, j- just a couple things. Uh, we will, as I said earlier, we will be receiving. Thank you so very much. We'll re- we'll receive an offering at 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 the end of the service. So, uh, if for some reason you have to leave before it's open, before it's open, before it ended, I, I can't talk today. There there'll be a yellow McCoy's bucket back at the door, and if you can just you can drop that in. Uh, but we will do that. Come on, I want you to put your hand together, give a big Lord's house welcome to Brother Leon Bachelor. Amen. God is great this morning. Sweet presence of the Lord today in the house of God. We're so honored to be here with you again. Amen. Love the Lord's house. Amen. This house. Praise God. Praise God. So we're going to get right into the word this morning. Turn with me to Second Chronicles chapter 15. Amen. Appreciate my lovely wife. Sometimes I had to bribe her to sing. She said, I'm not singing today. So, <laughs> hallelujah to God. I didn't pay her enough. All right. Nothing any sweeter than the house of God. I tell you. it's Once, once you taste and see that the Lord is good, you, you, you quit desiring other things. And you, you just get, Lord, I just need more of this. I just need more of this. Amen. We're, we're grateful. Uh, the Lord's brought us and and uh, brought us through surgery and all all that stuff. When you're going through that, you're in an I don't know place. You, you're in a place where you don't know if you'll recuperate or you don't know what's going to happen. Amen. And about the time I was ready to roll again, then COVID shut us down. So I've been in quarantine for months. Months. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah to God. All right, Second Chronicles chapter 15, the word of the Lord says, And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. Thank God for names like Leon and Samuel. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he went out to meet Asa and said, Hear me, all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you're with him. If you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season, Israel has been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. But when they, I love this verse right here. When they, in their trouble, did turn to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times, there was no peace to him that went out or him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the country. How many knows that's kind of like what it is right now? Great vexations upon all the inhabitants. A nation was destroyed of nation and city of city. For God did vex them or trouble them with all their adversity. 
Be strong. Now this is old daddy. Be strong and let not your hands be weak. For your work shall be rewarded. That ought to be a happy. Your work shall be rewarded. God's going to bless you. If you labor for God, it's never in vain. God's going to bless. It might not look like it at the present, but God's going to bless. Because His Word don't lie. Verse number 8, we're going to preach from that verse a little bit. And when Asa heard these words, and the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage, and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin, and out of the city that he had taken from Ephraim, and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. I, I, I want to speak to you. I, I've been preaching this several times in the past few months. Uh, back in January, February, March, when we was just in the house. And, and the Lord just really dealt with me about this. Asa renewed the altar of the Lord. I was blessed today to just read and then hear the announcements of all the prayer times taking place at the Lord's house. Hallelujah. Can I submit to you this morning, everything that happens in a church and an assembly and with the body of believers is predicated upon prayer time. Altar time. When this word came to Asa, uh, they had quit offering sacrifices. They had quit honoring the altar of God. They had turned from the altar of God. They had quit seeking God. And when the prophet came and told Asa, the Bible said that Asa renewed the altar. If, if, if anything, if we ever needed anything to take place in America... We need a renewing of the altar of God in the house of God. My hope is not in Joe Biden. It's not in the Democratic Party or Donald Trump and the Republican Party. But my hope is in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what that church does is going to dictate how successful we are in this earth. And he renewed the altar. If you read the Word of God and it says that this Word was written for our example, these things that are in the Scripture are our examples to look to, to see what they did then, what we do now. And so what happened then, over and over, I'm going to go a little further, in this book alone, it's probably one of the most quoted Scriptures in, in Today in our society, everybody's quoting it, everybody's putting it on Facebook. All the Christians are putting Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. If my people call by my name, you know that. Amen. So this morning I want to tell you, we can't just be quoters of that. We can't just be hearers of that. But we must be doers of that. Amen. We must be prayer warriors. If you've never been a prayer warrior, it's time to renew the altar in your life and draw nigh to God and God will draw nigh to you. If you get hungry and you get thirsty, amen, you shall be filled when you seek Him with your whole heart. And in their trouble, they called upon God. 
Hallelujah. I, I looked in the scriptures and found that, 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 that the altar, sometimes we, we think the altar time is just a place for sinners to come and get saved. And we do use that for that. I remember when I went to that altar, a sinner, amen, but when I got through praying, I got up saved. I was no longer a sinner. Washed in the blood of the Lamb, sins washed away. Hallelujah. Went down there filthy, dirty, no good, got up clean and perfect before God. Hallelujah. That's what an altar would do for you. But it's also a place that we worship and we bring our sacrifice. And all through history, every time Israel quit praying and sacrificing, they went down economically, they went down spiritually, they lost out with God, the enemies came and took them. So today I want to challenge you, amen to God, to draw close to that altar and rebuild and renew the altars in your life for your family, for your community, for your schools, for your teachers, uh, for the government, for the government officials. Uh, you say, I don't have anything to pray about. We got everything to pray about. Everything going on in our nation and around the world uh, is determined by what the church will begin to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If, if the patriarchs of old, when we look in the scriptures, I found that Noah built altars. I found that Abraham built altars. I found that Abraham, he not only built altars, listen carefully, but he taught his children, Isaac, to build altar. And Isaac taught Jacob. Hallelujah. The greatest thing you can do for your kids is to teach them to pray. To teach them the value of altar time. To teach them the value of getting along with God. I want to tell you if, you, if they ever get it and learn it, to get in an altar and seek God, amen, you won't have to worry when you get older if God's going to help them or not. You won't have to worry about how are they going to make it or not. If you teach them the value of seeking God, well, nothing blesses my heart anymore than see little children gathered up around an altar. Because I know they're learning something that will take them further than you can ever take them. Altar time. Hallelujah. Seeking God. Isaac, Jacob built altars. Moses built altars. When they build an altar, they give a sacrifice and they praise and they worship. You know what building that altar does? It tells God, you are my God. I worship you. And beside you, there's no other God. When you sacrifice to Him. Joshua, thank God for mentors and protégés that come up under them mentors that follow. Joshua was an altar builder. Gideon was an altar builder. David was an altar builder. He taught his children and Solomon was an altar builder. Hallelujah. And Elijah, that great prophet of old, was an altar builder. Hallelujah. If you're, if you're dry in your soul and you've been going through some stuff, build an altar. Because I can tell you when you put a sacrifice on it, the fire of God will fall on that altar. Hallelujah. 
It'll spur you on when you get in that secret place of the Most High God. And then you feel the wings of glory come. Hallelujah. That Shekinah glory wrap around your soul. I found this out through the years of ministry and as a Christian. I found out the more you pray, the more you want to pray. And the less you pray, the less you will pray. And after a while, you won't even care anymore. Until you get in trouble. And in their trouble, they sought the Lord. So God hadn't forgot you, even if you act like an idiot sometimes. In our trouble, they cried out to God. Hallelujah. I can tell you through pastoral experience, I've watched people backslide. Good people. That... that well, they, they, they love the Lord, but they allow... When, when you see people refusing to pray, when you see people that don't want to get a hold of God, when you see them refusing to go to altar services, especially in, 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 a, in an assembly with everybody else praying, and folks don't want to, you know what they're going to be doing? In a few months, they won't even come to church. In a few months... They'll be forsaking God completely. I've seen too many people backslide. I've watched musicians. I've watched worship leaders lose out with God because in their mind they think we got it going on. God's using me and I'm anointed and the presence of God is here. But if they never go to an altar, I have had services, Brother Samuel has said, no musicians, I want y'all to come and pray. I want to keep the fire of God burning in your life. And if you refuse to pray and seek God, eventually you won't even and come to church what keeps that going in my soul it's that, that secret place of keeping on praying keeping on seeking God keeping on when I don't feel like praying I go to our church even though I hadn't pastored in 11 years I go there every morning find that secret place Sometimes I'm walking there and start crying, just me and Jesus, tears just start rolling. Sometimes I walk in there, when I begin to pray, it's like heaven's brass. Don't feel a thing, God ain't nowhere around. But I'm going to tell you, I don't, I, I, I don't quit, I don't throw in the towel, I keep coming back. And I keep coming, oh hallelujah. I was witnessing to a man one time, and uh, Ask him where he go to church. He said, oh, I don't go. He said, our, our pastor where I used to go to church uh, had an affair with a lady in the church. And he said, I just quit and I don't go no more. I said, well, that's something I said. The man at the service station down the road right down there. I said, he had an affair, but I ain't stopped buying gas. Sometimes you ain't got to say a whole lot. Hallelujah. Just cause other people quit praying don't mean I'm going to quit praying. Because I know what prayer has done. 
Hallelujah. My wife had a stroke years ago, and you've heard us testify about that. But I'm going to tell you what brought us out of that sickness of 21 days in, in medical center. I'm going to tell you what brought us out. Hallelujah to God. It was spending time at that altar. When you get to the place where you feel like, I don't know if I can do it another day. I don't know if I can keep on going. I can't hear another bad report. Uh, when you get, you know what the psalmist said, uh, I know what I'll do when all else fails. Uh, I will run to that rock. Uh, that is higher than I. Well, I'm going to tell you, a team of mules and hell's forces uh, couldn't keep me out of an altar. Uh, amen. To get down in that place, uh, say the Lord is my refuge, uh, my strength, uh, my strong and mighty tower. Uh, he is my buckler and my shield. Uh, and when all else has failed in this world, uh, I know where to go. Hallelujah. I refuse to allow the enemy to take me away from the altar. I never the enemy works on your Bible said we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. So, you know, I've been acquainted with Satan a long time. I, I know his tricks. I was down at First Assembly in their winter camp meeting years ago. And uh, church full of folks and preacher preached. And, and, of course, it's a winter camp meeting for all the preachers. And they all come to get something from God. I desperately needed something from God. When he got through preaching and made the altar call, I got up. I was way at the back of the church. I got up, walked down there. There wasn't a soul came. I was the only one. No other preacher came. They was all on cloud nine. I was in the pit. (laughs) I went down there to that altar. I got on my knees and the enemy got on my shoulder and spoke in my ear and said, they're all looking at you. See, that's the trick of the enemy to keep you from the altar. Because the enemy knows if I can keep you out of that altar, I can cause you to backslide. The enemy enemy spoke in my ear. You're the only one here. He did tell the truth that time. I looked around. There wasn't nobody there but me. But you know, I didn't really care. Because I came, I came with a broken spirit. I came with a broken heart. I came desperately needing God to move for me. And when I heard the word and my heart was pricked and moved and motivated by the word of God, I said, I'm going to go to that altar. I don't care if nobody else is there. I don't care if mom and daddy ain't there. I don't care if husband goes or wife goes. All I know is I need a touch from God. And the best place to get it is an altar of prayer. When Asa renewed the altar, uh, got rid of all the filth and all the garbage uh, out of the house of God and renewed the altar, the Bible said that the next 35 years uh, he had peace in his land. Uh, Next 35 years uh, he had victory and revival in his land. You know why? Because he renewed the altar of God. Hallelujah. It's amazing when the Lord burned this in my heart how much I would find in this same book. Second Chronicles chapter 29. A man named Hezekiah became king. The king before him had desecrated the house of God. Put up idols. Put up false altars in the house of God. 
And when Hezekiah became king at 25 years of age, I, I love, I never noticed this until I got reading about this. Preached on it many times, but I got to notice it. Brother Samuel said, in the first year of his reign, and in the first month, and on the first day, in the first year, first month, and the first day of his reign, he inherited the kingdom that was in a political mess. He inherited a kingdom that was in a, a, a un, unsaved, in a sinful, corrupt, violent mess. And he purposed in his heart, first day in office, we're going to clean up the house of God. First day in office. He called all the preachers together, the Levites and the priests. He said, get the house of God cleaned up and get all that mess out of there. Get, oh, hallelujah. Get all that mess out of there. Oh, we, the church sometimes, uh, we're hoping uh, that, that, that Washington will straighten us all out. Uh, but I want to tell you tonight, today, uh, it's going to be up to you and I to get the mess uh, out of this sanctuary. Oh, what did the psalmist say? Purge me, O Lord. Cleanse me, O Lord. Wash me, O Lord. If my people will turn and pray and repent, God said He'll open up heaven. He'll heal our land. And the church... Oh, hallelujah. If we purpose in our heart, renew the altar. They come and told Him eight days later, we done sanctify. We got all the mess out of there, all the idolatry, all the all, all the vessels that they they corrupted the house of God with, and we sanctified all the vessels of God. How they cleaned up the house of God. Amen. Hezekiah, he got the band together. Man, I love this. He got the choir together. Hallelujah. He got the band together. He got them all singing and praising and worshiping God. He told them, bring all the sacrifices. Amen. We're going to sacrifice to God. What are we doing? We're renewing the altar. That's like, I'm on, if I ain't never paid tithes, you need to start. Bring your sacrifice and give it unto God. A young man in our church years ago said, I tried that thing and it don't work. I said, what do you mean? you tried it and it don't work. I ain't never heard of it not working. He had inquiring minds want to know. He said, I paid tithes three weeks and ain't nothing happened. I said, son, you're a dummy. Ain't no crop ever come up in three weeks. Ain't nothing happens that quick. You got to keep on doing it. You got to keep on sacrificing. You got to keep on praying. You got to keep on drawing out of God. And when you do, God responded and they in their trouble called on God and he heard their prayer and God sent revival hallelujah the Brownsville revival how many remembers that well they prayed for two years every Sunday night before that ever broke loose and then you got churches all over America including myself we go down there hoping we can get some of it and bring it back to our church. But the Lord let me know for them to have revival, they had to do something. You can't just go down there and put it in a briefcase and bring it back and make it happen. What they did to have revival is what we got to do to have revival. All of us. Hallelujah. 
They had to pray their way into it. I can tell you, I, I, I early this morning woke up thinking, calculating. My dad was an alcoholic. And uh, when the Lord called me to preach, and I told him I was going to be a preacher, my dad said, Son, I had better hopes and aspirations for you than that. <laughs> told me to leave. He didn't ever want to hear nothing about it. So for 25 years, I laid my dad on an altar every day. Every day, I'd call his name and tell God how sorry he is. <laughs> but he, all he needs is the blood to wash him. Hallelujah. And for 25 years, I prayed a prayer. Times I'd hear the devil say, he ain't never going to be saved. He's too mean to be saved. He's too bad and done too much. Somebody ought to hear me right now. Uh, but for 25 years, I kept sacrificing. Uh, kept bringing him before the throne of God. Uh, kneeling at altar. Sometimes I'd weep and cry for hours. Uh, God of heaven, move in his life. Some way and somehow. And after 25 years, I'm here to testify to you today. One day my phone rung and said, son, I need your help. Hallelujah. I need your help. You know why? Because he knows that I know one that can help him. And he felt so bad and I've been too mean and I've been too bad. But I want to submit to you when you come to that altar and you present that sacrifice, God will send fire from heaven. Hallelujah. And touch that sacrifice and receive that sacrifice. You can't go wrong in praying and seeking God and drawing to him. Sometimes it's easy, but sometimes it's work. But if you build that altar, God will respond when they in their trouble did seek God. Hallelujah. So, so Hezekiah had a good long reign. God blessed his life. You know, through making sacrifices, he even got sick one time and the Lord healed him and gave him 15 years in his life. So God blessed Hezekiah. So when he died, same book, his son took office at 12 years old. In those days, if that happened, they were governed by tutors and governors till they became of age to make decisions on their own. Manasseh chapter 33. Now Manasseh, I'm sure that there's some of you that you got kids that you raised in church and they live like heathens. And sometimes we feel bad and we wonder, where did we go wrong? And how did we mess up? And Hezekiah was a God-fearing man and walked in the blessings of God, but his boy chose the wrong road. And Manasseh became one of the most vilest, corrupt men that society had ever known. Offered his children to a God by putting them through fire. Took and built altars and brought them to the house of God. Brought them to the house of God where God said, My name will be there forever. But they brought false gods and built images. And he turned the people to worship all this stuff. People today, some of you are thinking, well, we don't worship false gods. I'm going to tell you, them iPhones you carry around in your pockets about as big a God as anybody's got. You got a phone in one hand, a charger in the other, and everywhere you go, you're looking for a place to plug it in. 
That's all I'm going to say about that. We used to preach against smoking, dipping, chewing. And now we have to talk about phones. My, don't stuff change. Manasseh worshiped false gods and false people. And God said, he won't listen to me, so I know what I'll do. And God raised up an enemy to come and capture him in battle and took him to Babylon. But the Bible said that in Babylon and in his affliction... I love this story, Brother Samuel, because what you do for God don't never go in vain. Grandma, parents, you raise your children, you teach them the right way. Hallelujah. Just know if you sowed them good seed, they're in there. Hallelujah. Manasseh captured a POW in a foreign prison cap. But in his trouble, he began to think, maybe old man wasn't so wrong after all. He began to think maybe that teaching is real. He began to think maybe all that prayer in them altar building, maybe it does work. And the Bible said Manasseh, in his affliction, he began to call on God, a POW in a foreign country. But he began to call on the God of his father Hezekiah. He began to call upon God. And for some unknown reason, the king released him and allowed him to go back to Jerusalem. And when he got back to Jerusalem, the first thing he began to do is clean up the house of God and renew the altar and restore the altar. We're going to put sacrifices to God. We're going to tell the world. We're going to worship God. We're going to honor God. It don't matter who don't like it. What atheist, agnostic, unbeliever, it matters not what the what what, what the uh, political party believes or don't believe. We're going to worship God. We're going to lift up His name. We're going to pray to His name. And when I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Hallelujah. You may not be the most popular kid in school. You may not be the most popular person in town. They might not even know your name. And I ain't worried about Jesus knowing me because he does know us. The hair's on our head. He knows all that. What I want to do is notify hell who I am. Man, you better not say that. Every time you make statements like that, all hell breaks loose against you. Some demon-possessed boys said to some guys one time, I know who Jesus is and I know who Paul is, but who are you? You need to know who you are. I'm the blood-bought. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Many of you know, you've watched it on Facebook, maybe on PBN. Yesterday in Washington, D.C., 60,000, 70,000 people. Hallelujah. Praying for our nation. Worshiping Him and our nation. No news media reporting. It don't matter if the news media reports you or not. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. I'll stick with prayer, Brother Samuel. Hallelujah. My weapon of prayer has brought down strongholds. My weapon of prayer has brought down the powers of the enemy. Our weapon of prayer has defeated the gates of hell many times. And I submit to you today, it's time that... The church renew the altar of God. I want to encourage you. 
those that haven't come to prayer meeting, get a mind to. My God, get a mind to. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Glory to God. Renew the altar. As I said earlier, I prayed 25 years for my dad to get saved. And one Sunday morning, he walked in my church and sat on the second pew. When I finished preaching, he stood with his hands raised and tears rolling down his face. Hallelujah. Don't tell me this altar stuff don't work. Don't tell me this altar stuff don't work. Hallelujah to God. When my daughter had cancer, at that altar we defeated that. At that altar we came, we overcome the enemy. At that all, oh hallelujah to God. Sometimes when my flesh don't want to go, I just get myself by the seat of the britches, the hangs, fruit of the looms, or whatever they are. Tell them you're going there whether you like it or not. Because I, I do know if you get that man at that altar and you begin to pray, God will show up and he will minister and move in your life. Children's church teachers, when they get so wore out and don't want to do it, they have one place to renew it. And that's in the altar. Hallelujah. Vacation to Destin ain't going to renew it. You'll come back just as disappointed as you was when you went. Oh, it'll make your flesh good and it feels good and it's a beautiful place to go. Been there myself. But I'm going to tell you when your spirit man needs help, when they in their trouble did call on God. He was found to them. I'm trying my best to stir God's people. There's a praying people. Because we're living in an hour if we're not careful. I'm closing. We're living in an hour if we're not careful. We get to thinking, ain't nobody living for God. I've heard that from preachers. I see it on Facebook. All they do is put down the church. Discredit God's people. I'm here to tell you today, Jesus said, I'm going to build a church and the gates of hell ain't going to bring it down. Hallelujah. And that church is going to pray its way to victory. Hallelujah to God. Would you stand? I want to ask you this morning, you guys... I love how you do it. You come and have a prayer season of time. And then then when you're in, in the altars praying, I'm like, this ain't the message I should have come here and preached. But I thought, well, if I preach on salvation, why preach that? Everybody in the church is probably saved, but you don't never know that. So why preach on tithing? Everybody tithes, but you don't know that. And so I want to encourage you today. For a few minutes, if we can find us a place. And if you don't want to come up here, maybe by your seat. I, I, I remember growing up in church. and Many times we'd walk in the church and hear people praying. Probably in this church. When mom and dad, way back years ago. Man, you could probably hear them from way back in the back. Several of you know what I'm talking about. Young folks like, I don't know about that. 
Some, some of us need to get back into that spirit of travail like we used to have. When you get in that altar, you know what's happening? You're, you're interceding and you're travailing for those out there. For our nation and our country. For our school teachers. Brother and sister, we're dealing with stuff we ain't never had to deal with before. And folks don't know what to do. But I'm convinced that the prayer altar, it once worked, it always has worked, and it always will work. The young people want something relevant to today? Build you an altar. Hallelujah. Would you come and pray with me for a little bit this morning? And purpose in our hearts. God of heaven, we praise you this morning. As this house, the Lord's house, as we gather in the sanctuary of God. And Lord of heaven, as we come, I pray the word of God will prick the hearts of your people. God, we all got lost loved ones. And Lord, our, our, our communities and our teachers and our police force and all these things that we're dealing with in our society today. That we've never had to deal with before. The rioting and the looting and the, Lord, the destruction of, of, of people's innocent people's property and destruction of government property. I, we don't know the answers, y'all. We don't know. We're in a world of, of unknowing. We're in a world of uncertainty. But God, we believe if we build an altar, Lord, if we restore and renew the altar of God, that you will hear our prayer, oh God. Your ears are inclined to our prayer. And your arm is not short, but it cannot reach forth and save. And we call upon you in our troubles in America, in our troubles in our nation, oh God. You're a God today. Your people that are called by your name. That remnant, oh God, across our nation gathered in sanctuaries this morning. All across our nation and gathered in the house of God. We decree revival through the prayers of the saints. Revival breaking loose in the hearts of men. Revival breaking loose in the souls of men. God, we decree that you touch the lost. Lord, the violent and the corrupt. Let the Spirit of God hear the prayers of mamas and grandmas. Hear the prayers, oh God, that are Send into the throne of glory, Lord, like sweet incense coming before your throne. We believe in this morning the prayers of the righteous. We pull down strongholds, we cast down, Lord, imaginations and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Lord, we pray for our leaders, Lord, we pray for the mind and the wisdom of God. We pray. Oh God, for a president, vice president. We pray, God of heaven, for this lady was nominated for Supreme Court. God, we pray that you wrap your arms around him. We pray, God of heaven, that you give him the protection of heaven. We decree this morning, Lord, when your people pray, you will hear from heaven and you will heal our land. 
God of heaven, we believe with all our heart that the prayers of the righteous and no weapon that is formed against us shall ever prosper. We decree today for the working hand of God. We decree this day, Lord, for the power of the Holy Ghost to be revealed in this hour. Lord, that your church, your church, Lord, you said you're coming. And for that church that's made itself ready, Lord, have any sins and transgressions. Wash us and cleanse us. Purge us, O Lord, that we may be clean before the throne of God. Clean hands and a pure heart. We believe you this morning. Lord, we command all the powers of the enemy, the darkness. Lord, we take authority over the powers of the enemy in darkness. At the light of glory. Lord, your word said this church would be light. Like a city set on a hill that can't be hid. We believe you for that, God. Not your will that any man perishes. But you use your church to touch a world today. Use your church to touch a world today. Minister today. Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus, stir our hearts to find that secret place. He that dwells in that secret place abides in the shadow of the Almighty. God, we decree this morning for your healing power. We decree this morning for the healing power of God. Create miracles today. God of heaven, in an altar of prayer, let your healing virtue. Create miracles today. Lord, cursing, sugar diabetes, high blood pressure, cursing arthritis today. God, we decree this morning the healing power of Christ. Come and minister in your people's lives. I need you, Lord. They in their trouble called on God. And He answered them. And He moved in their life. Lord, we bless you today. Hallelujah to God. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we magnify you. We magnify you. I need you, Lord. Last Sunday, I was in Hot Springs, Arkansas. This lady came and knelt. Pastor said, she's been fighting cancer for a long time. Long time. Let's pray for her. Me, bunches, bunches of us. Church praying for her. Tuesday, she went for a CT scan. Her husband put on Facebook, sent us a message. No, pastor sent me a message. I think you need to see this. That lady you prayed for Sunday morning, we all prayed for. The CT scan shows no sign of cancer in her body whatsoever. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's still in the miracle business. Uh, when you think he ain't doing it, he'll show up and do something. Let you know I'm still. I'm the God that was and is and is to come. Hallelujah to God. Give the Lord a hand clap, brother. Say Hallelujah. You're here this morning and you came and you heard this message and you know that you need to restore your personal altar. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've never accepted Jesus as my personal Savior.
Would you just pray with us right now? Hey, come on right where you're at. This is your altar. You're standing before God right now and He hears your voice. Would you pray? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, today at my altar, I call on you. I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. Today, I renew my altar and I sacrifice my life to you. I'm yours. Use me however you see fit from this moment on. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap. If you prayed that prayer here in the building, if you prayed watching online, come on, let us know. Amen. With the prayer. Makes a difference. You just surrendered your heart and your life. What a powerful message, Brother Leon. Come on, give Brother Leon another big hand clap. Woo, such a great anointing this morning. Just what we needed. We can never be reminded too much of the power of prayer. Amen. We're gonna get-